Hey, welcome to the All In Podcast. This is your host, Natalie Allport, and on this week's episode, we have one of my good friends and award-winning photographer, Elena Barkuski. Now, Elena's story started off with pursuing the creative field within action sports. Now she has made the move down to L.A. in the midst of this pandemic to pursue shooting and directing some of the world's best athletes. Elena and I discuss women in sport, breaking into this industry as a female photographer, a female creative. We also discuss how she's adapted to the pandemic and her mindset about these things and the mindset of the athletes that she has worked with. Helena is such a go-getter ever since I've met her, and she has taken so many risks to get to where she is in her career. She's really risked it all and gone all in on her passions and her self-development, and we touched on that in this podcast. So if you have been scared to take the risk or you're someone who is ready to take a risk or has, I think you will really enjoy this conversation. This is your host, Natalie Allport, and on this podcast, we dive into the mindset, knowledge, and stories behind inspiring and passionate individuals who know what it takes to go all in. So whether you're here for motivation, to learn something new, or just real conversation, I'm humbled you're listening and stoked to go all in with you. Welcome back to the All In Podcast. This week, we have award-winning photographer, Elena Barkuski, and one of my great friends. Hey, how is it going? It's going great. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And now you're in Utah right now, but you made the move to LA, correct? I did. I made the move on election day. So it was super interesting time <laughs> to do that. <laughs> yeah, walk me through that whole process. Because I know you were in LA, then you were back in NBC, and then back to LA. Like, how has it been this year with everything? Yeah, this year has been a very good opportunity in trying to see the good and trying to pivot. And I've been really fortunate, actually, um, to have that opportunity. But basically, in March or February, um, I moved to LA the first time with goals of living there. I had just gotten my own visa, um, which was really, really exciting. And then about a few weeks in, um, the pandemic hit and my kind of schedule evaporated into thin air. <laughs> Decided to go home back to BC and thinking it was only going to be a short time. I feel like so many of us thought that it was kind of going to blow over. Um, and then I was in BC until election day when I finally decided that it was a good time to come back to the US. But the time I had in BC was really great because I got to work on a bunch of different new projects and new kind of skills that I was adding into my uh, repertoire. So it was actually a silver lining. Yeah, yeah. I know like we chatted before because I was out in BC and how like it's been such a good time for working on these other projects. How have you like focused on your, your personal growth and professional development as you dealt with all these changes? Yeah, that's been really, really good um, because it's kind of just been a really good time to step back and evaluate like what is kind of missing from my business. And as well with the pandemic, like there was a rise of CGI work because that's the kind of only way people could shoot. And then I was like, I really want to try that out. So that was like even just being prompted something simple like that. Um, but yeah, it was a good way to just kind of like evaluate what's missing. And then that's also led me to kind of start going into video as a director, which has been so much fun and that's something I've really wanted to do for a long time so I think that's also been prompted by this pause because when you're super busy it's sometimes hard to find that time to like stop and be like I want to try something new that I really don't know about that I might not be great at the start at but we have all this time this year um so it's a great time to like put yourself out of your comfort zone for sure yeah. Do you feel like, I, I feel like I, I've been in a similar headspace and I've just, the people I've talked to as well have seemed to be in that headspace where it's like before maybe everything was so focused and planned. It's like, I need to do this and then this, and this is my five-year plan. And then this all kind of hit and we realized, Hey, like, where can we, you know, where are those opportunities for growth? Where are these things that we can lean into and, and learn these new things and, and see where things kind of just take us like in flow. Has that been your experience as well? Yeah, I would agree. Um, and especially too, it's been interesting to see like the industry is definitely adapting um, because of all this time, things are just changing and they're not going to be the same in a good way um, when things move out. But I just feel like we kind of all need to step back and reevaluate what we're doing and how we're going to kind of fit into that new, um, I don't want to say new normal, I know that's like <laughs> an interestingly loaded 
but um, you know, there's just so many things going on with like clients kind of, maybe they won't be on set in the future. You know, a lot of times people are just zooming in now and there's all different ways of meetings. Like these days now I can have meetings all over the world in a single day. And before I fly out to the meeting, there's just so many things that are changing. So I think like stuff like remote streaming, like onset um, health protocols and stuff like that those are kind of going to stay with us and i just think it's been interesting to adapt to that flow and things are just kind of in flux in a good way and i think like it's just going to look different and mm-hmm. really good. but yeah i think everyone kind of needs that time to adapt and we have it which is great yeah, we we saw so many changes, and I know we talked about this earlier this year about the that photo shoot with Patrick Mahomes, where that was all done like remotely. Can you like people who are listening who have no idea how that could even work? Could you walk like walk us through how they would even be doing that? I mean, personally, I don't even know how that was done, but <laughs> I saw some photos to um, shoot with Patrick Mahomes. And they had him in a field and they had the photographer on like in a control room with a bunch of screens and they pulled it off and the photos look great. So I don't really know the intricacies of like how that works, but it's really, really cool to see that happening because now I'm seeing a lot of photographers being able to connect with um, subjects in different countries. Like maybe you're not in the same place as someone else, but you can still work with them. And even if it's through Zoom, there's like all these different kind of ways that we can do that. So it's like a really exciting time. I feel like we're not limited by distance anymore as much as we were. Yeah, so cool. So could you walk us through like, like when we first got to know each other, you were in the skiing world and I was a snowboarder and you were living out in Whistler. Can you walk me through how you even got into photography? Because I know that um, like back then, I think you were, you were at UBC, you were still in school. I was. I was doing a political science degree. Right. Um, I knew it was like nothing related to, to the creative field. <laughs> yeah. Not really um, I had like such a rough go on my first winter semester in school. And then I did every winter online after that because I was full fledged into skiing. But basically um, in high school, I just really fell in love with action sports. And I just really wanted to be a part of the industry. And I was like, what's a job that I can come up with and manufacture for myself? that will let me live this life that I really want to live. And I worked on like a school project for a photography class. And I was like, just Google photographer. And I was like, oh, people are doing this. That's great. <laughs> so I kind of just sent it. Um, it kind of just happened really fast in the beginning. Um, and I kind of just like wanted to embed myself and kind of see how that would lead to other opportunities. And that was such a great decision because that led to me meeting people like you so many of my good friends it led to my first jobs and then it's led me down a different path entirely but yeah <laughs> that's so awesome I, I definitely want to revisit where where you said like I wanted to like you love the the lifestyle and this part and you're like what is a job that's going to allow me access to this and that's something that I've always had ingrained I remember as a kid my brother telling me you know what he wanted to do and I knew he was always into like outdoor sports and then myself I remember like talking to him we were both like young we were at my cottage and saying like Freddie you need to like think of what you want your life to look like the lifestyle you want to live the people you want to hang out with and then figure out like what fits in there because I was like if you just say like I want to be a doctor but then you realize you're going to hate the lifestyle of being a doctor you just know that that's not that type of work isn't for you that shift work but you're just chasing it for this it's not really going to fit and I think that's so cool I think it's something that's we're seeing a lot more of where people are thinking of their lifestyle first and then their career to match rather than career. And then their lifestyle is maybe something that they didn't even, you know, want, but they're stuck in this career. How did you, was there anything like, is it from childhood that you've kind of thought that way? Or did you think also like, Oh, I need to get this career. And then it just kind of happened that you took the risk on, you know, building a lifestyle type business. I feel like, I did just take the risk and it's very much ingrained in my personality. I feel like I do thrive on like this weird uncertainty and I'm like very driven. Like I really am very, very goal oriented. I really want something to work towards. And I think that's been a thing with learning a lot of new skills because when I get stagnant, I just kind of am looking around like what's something I can fully just pull myself out of my comfort zone and stop that um, because I'm just always kind of looking for that. And as well, I've been really lucky to have supportive parents. 
my dad kind of took a very functional career being an accountant. And I think he's always kind of regretted a bit that he didn't chase after what he really wanted to do. So he kind of <laughs> is helpful in that sense um, where he like supports me and fully trying to go for exactly what I want to do with my passion in life and being very specific about it. That's awesome. That's, that's good to hear. Cause I think sometimes people, you know, uh, just based on their parents, like I, I live in Ottawa and it's a government town. Right. And so the culture is very different where they have this, this comfort culture. And so they just tell their kids like, Hey, just, you know, grow up and get the same job in government and you'll just be set for life and have this pension and things will be okay, but you're not going to be living out your passions. You're not going to be doing these things. So I think it's really cool how, you know, maybe he didn't pursue those things. He, um, did something that, perhaps wasn't his passion. And then he realized that and is helping you, you know, foster your passion, encourage you to, to chase after yours and maybe not do the same, the same thing. So I think that's a really cool way that he's breaking the cycle in a sense. Cause I think sometimes our parents just put whatever they've learned onto us and don't change the narrative. Yeah. And that um, support network is really, really helpful because being an entrepreneur of any kind is really not very easy. And you do run into a lot of like chops, I guess, on the water where you're kind of running into a step back. So it's like helpful to have that support. And um, it's important not to doubt yourself, but sometimes, of course, we all have moments. So it's helpful to have that support system in place and make you feel, yeah, you're on the right track and not have those people questioning you. Because sometimes I feel like it's those people close to you would be questioning you that would kind of make you take a step back and start to reevaluate things on your own. And that's the last thing you should be doing when you're really going all in with what you're trying to do. So. Yeah, totally. I think that's one of the hardest things when people are like, my friends or my family don't want me to pursue this thing, or they want me just to settle and do this or become this. And I don't want to. And that's, I think that's the hardest thing because you, you care about those people and you want, you know, either to impress them or make them happy or have them respect you or whatever it is. And so going against the grain is always hard. Like something that resonates with me is that the easiest way like to change your behavior or your life is to change your environment because we're all, you know, kind of a creature of our surroundings. So the people were around the areas that were like, oh, that were around the cultures that we're surrounded with. And so if you're being surrounded by people who are fostering your passions and your growth and your self-discovery, then you're more likely to chase that. But when you're not, it's just, it's, it's hard. I've seen it with people who it's just like, it's hard for them to escape that, those mindsets. I totally agree. Yeah, you're definitely, it's the cliche saying, but you're the average of the five people you hang out with. And it's really important, especially when you're pursuing a passion and a goal and you're so focused on what you're doing and you're putting in all of your time and effort into it. It's really, really important that you do have that support because you will, like I said, run into those days where you're just not feeling it and those people are everything in that situation and they'll pick you back up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that kind of leads me to something I, I wanted to talk to you about as well, about, about the different cultures of like where you've been. Cause I know you've hung out in Whistler and for example, a lot of skiers and snowboarders, they go out there with pro dreams and you see people make it or break it. Um, and in some ways, like I remember getting the advice of people saying, don't go to Whistler cause there's so much competition of all the different skiers and snowboarders. But at the same time, like we just said, you're a product of your environment. So living in Ottawa where there's not anyone else who's doing anything remotely close to what I'm doing, the culture is different it's also another battle to to face and so have have you noticed that as well as with your move to LA and LA being such a creative hub a lot of athletes that I've had on the podcast seem to be all from LA and the same could be said where it's so much competition but at the same time you're surrounded by all these people dreamers doers doing these things what are the cultural changes that you've seen and how has that helped you foster your own growth Yeah, and I think that's a really good parallel that we just drew between Whistler and LA, actually, because in those kind of like environments, those are kind of the place to be. I would say Whistler is the place to be for skiing snowboard. And personally, I think LA is the place to be for sports, um, for what I'm trying to do. And yeah, I think if you go straight into the thick of it with all the competition, it's definitely not the easiest path. And I've had quite a few people recommend me, hey, why don't you start in San Francisco? Why don't you start in Portland? And it's kind of just, again, with what we were talking about before, I've been like, I really appreciate that advice. I'm just going to go straight to where there's the most competition, but also the most opportunities. And I think it's paid off so far because the people that I've been able to collaborate with there have been incredible. And I think, I don't know what the statistic is, but it's like one in every four people or something work in a creative industry there. So mm. you just are always 
seeing people that you can work with in different ways that are all in different roles or can just help you and mentor you in different ways. So I, yeah, I'm really, really happy that I chose LA. Um, I love it. And also like the weather, you just can't beat it. For sports, like <laughs> I can every single type of sport, like, you know, in January, December, I can be shooting stuff like it's summer. So you really can't beat that. When I first got there, I was just blown away that I was shooting running and it looked like August and we were in February. <laughs> so if I was at home in Vancouver, you pretty much... You know, I'm either shooting skiing or I'm in the studio, but the winter is kind of a bit of a write-off for a lot of sports to work with. So, yeah, LA has been great. I mean, there's a reason why everyone is going there or everyone is there. It's, it's the place to be. Mm, yeah, that's so true. I feel like I like some of my sponsors will send me stuff. I'm like, hey, you'll get photos over the winter. I'm like, uh, you know, it's negative 20. I don't know. You want these fitness shots outside with the snow? Uh, sure, like we can do it. But you know, that, that gets played out. One shot of that is cool. But then over and over, it's like, mm, doesn't seem so natural anymore. Um, but yeah, that's, that's such a good point. And I think the culture and the environment and going just taking the risk, like, you know, people will tell you that it's just too competitive. And there's all these things, but it's at the same time, you're going to be fostering your growth. And I think that's been a big thing, maybe this year with everyone being able to connect remotely. Like I know for me, being able to do these podcasts and talk to different people and just, you know, connect via Zoom and people who I wouldn't have connected with unless I was traveling to where they are. That's, that's helped that no matter where you live, you can still connect with these people and, and, you know, change your surroundings. So I think that's something that's really accelerating people's personal growth, as well as, they don't have to necessarily move across the world to be surrounded by the people that, that they want to be surrounded by. As well as like, I dealt with all the visa kind of bureaucracy dealing with moving countries, you know, when you're doing it like that, I don't know the intricacies of it, but you kind of bypass those physical borders and all those kind of like roadblocks in your way that might cause you to kind of give up or be like, this is too hard. I don't know. I can't do it. This is overwhelming. It kind right. of puts those walls people. Hmm. Yeah. So true. So I know that you're, you're shooting a ton of different sports content now. And like, I, I want to talk about what it's like being a woman in the sport industry. I have some female athletes on here and of course I'm a female athlete and it's a topic close to home. And so from your perspective, being on, you know, the photography, the ad, the editorial, that side of things, what are things that you're noticing, um, when it's, when it's, you're trying to break into this industry as, as a, as a female entrepreneur, as a female photographer? It's interesting because I am definitely the type of person that I like to see other people that I can relate to doing the things that I want to do. And at the whole point, there's kind of never been that. Um, there's been a few in ski snowboard and then that's evolving. And then as I'm kind of going into these new arenas, I'm not aware of that many. There's some people that are doing great work, but I still think that there could be more. Um, but I think it's just honestly such a great time for women in that space. Um, a lot of the meetings I have right now, a lot of people acknowledge it and they're saying they're trying to get more women involved in that side of things. So um, I actually had someone tell me that they think that that's kind of the next thing that's going to explode um, in terms of, you know, kind of just getting more people involved and trying to kind of break down previous barriers that have kind of been up before. So honestly, I think it's a really, really exciting time. Um, and I'm excited to hopefully set a good example for people coming up behind me and show people that it's possible and that, you know, um, it may not be easy, but it's totally, totally doable. And we just bring a different perspective. And sometimes that perspective is needed. And a lot of the time it's lacking. So, um, we can be the ones to bring that in there and kind of fill in need. And that's kind of something I've really focused on this year as to like, what is my unique story? What can I bring that's different than everyone else? And that is a component of it. Mm, I love that. And I'm so glad that it's, that the, the conversation is changing. And I think, I mean, the conversation about anything when it comes to equality and social justice has been massive this year, but especially when it comes to women in sport, I mean, part of it is that that's, those are the things that I follow. So I see a ton of it, right? Like kind of the whole social media narrative that whatever you follow and your opinions, you're going to see more of, 
but definitely I've seen a lot more conversation around women in sport and, and positive and negative, but the conversation even being out there um, and being put out there more is people are recognizing it's a problem. People are recognizing they need to do more. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited for like the future, the next decade. I hope that from, you know, this year of kind of realization that we need more diversity, it's going to actually, you know, cause tangible actions being made, especially in the sport industry. I totally agree. And then I think to hear people um, touch on that specifically in meetings I've had, it's been really, really, really amazing to hear. Yeah. Is there anything that you've noticed, like working with female athletes versus uh, like male athletes, like things that they've shared with you, um, difficulties? I know in the ad space, like it's something that comes up a lot of how women are even like female athletes versus male athletes are portrayed in the media. So as a photographer, is there anything that you've noticed in, in that side of things? I've never like noticed it specifically or had conversations with people. Um, but I think that's just because I bring kind of my own energy um, to a shoot. And I think if something were to come up, I would kind of address it like that. But maybe the reason I'm there is because they want my perspective. Um, but I haven't yeah, had any specific conversations about that. But I do kind of just sit in the back of my head of like how I would want to be portrayed if I was in their position. Um, and just, it's, I think just inherently, like from my background and my experience, how I'm going to do something is just going to be different for the next person. So again, like it's up to the person who's hiring to decide whose perspective they want and whose um, experience level and that kind of thing fits the project best. So I kind of bring something that, but I've never really had that been addressed directly, but it'd be an interesting conversation. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's great. And I think you just made a really awesome point on why it's so important to have um, female entrepreneurs, female creatives in all aspects when we're working in sport. Like it's so crazy the amount of male coaches there are in, in female sports. It's still male, male coach dominated. It's like, well, what if we had this, you know, this female role model to look up to and be coached by and, and same thing with the photographers or the video directors and, and the people who are creating this media and this narrative that the public sees about female athletes, if that's uh, a woman who's doing that, it's going to be a different perspective than a male director, always a male director, always a male videographer, always a male photographer. And so I love that, that you said that when you shoot these female athletes, you're thinking of like, how would I want to be portrayed? Males can't, they can't, put themselves in that that same footstep uh, like that same headspace they it's just it, it's impossible well something that's interesting too that you touched on is like I pull inspiration from anywhere so it doesn't necessarily need to be like a female photographer or director but even like going to um live sports when that was a thing I went um to a Raptors game and um they were playing the Spurs and just to see their female coach on the sideline and like at timeouts, getting up, like and she had heels on, walking in the middle of the court, you know, doing her thing. That was like really, really inspirational for me. I was just like, this is amazing. I mean, this is something. And it's great to see like the rise of that um, in major league sports too. I think it's getting better and better and better. Um, but even stuff like that, you know, I can draw inspiration from anywhere. But to see those women in particular breaking pairs like means the world to me. And that really fires me up to try and do what I'm doing so that hopefully I can set a good example for the people coming up behind me and they can say, oh, I see her doing this. I can do it too. Because I think role models are so, so important. Um, and I remember picking up magazines when I was younger and trying to go through the masthead of like, who are the contributing photographers? And I would see almost no women. And it was really, really like, it fired me up to be like, this is the void I want to fill. But also it was scary. It was intimidating. Yeah, it's, it's demotivating when you don't see someone like it's, I think what's the quote, it's like, if you don't see it, you can't be it. And uh, I mean, there's so much truth to that. There's also, you know, there's trailblazers like you who are like, okay, I don't see it. So I'm going to, to become this. And so that other people can then see it and, and believe it. And I think that's a big thing that needs to be addressed in the sport industry, especially even like we don't have a lot of pro female or women sports leagues for a lot of sports. So if they don't see it, you know, it's very easy for parents to say, Hey, you got to, you know, focus on your academics because that's your only path. Um, there's no way you can make a career out of this. So having people who are forming these leagues, making sure they're visible and actually marketing them, putting them out there, um, 
you know, photographers putting those things out there, directors making videos and commercials and making sure these things are put out into the mainstream, I just think is so important. Like visibility is, is massive. Right now, definitely. And that's what I mean, where I think we're really on the start of something big and I'm really, really excited to hopefully be a part of what's to come in the next years. We think it's just going to, the mindset's going to change and it's going to be a really, really exciting time. I did see a stat, I don't know if it's correct, but 7% of commercial directors are women. So that's, mm-hmm. again, like an area where like there is so much room for women to kind of come in there and shake things up. I mean, that that is just begging to be changed yeah yeah that are directors and I'm like let's do it that's (laughs) awesome yeah let's try and change this I love it and I think what you said earlier about being motivated by people outside of your industry is it's key especially as someone who might not have a lot of photographers or motion directors who are women in your industry so you know just being inspired by the other day I watched a movie uh the Glorias with Gloria Steinem uh, or about Gloria Steinem and I was like that's badass like it was awesome like just seeing and like learning more about her story which unfortunately I have not done a good job at keeping track and knowing her story before that um but seeing the things that's just totally outside of what I'm doing it's just it's so motivating right and so um you know having a movie made about her and helping inspire people who hadn't heard her story before is just so important yeah anytime I want to be lifted up I just kind of find you know like an RPG documentary anything like that it's just oh my gosh I'm just so inspired by badass women it's insane and I think that was my time in ski snow too I was always trying to be like um, hopefully shining a light on people that were working so hard and kind of breaking barriers. And with snowboarding, it's really, really been amazing to see the progression in the last few years. I feel like it's been going on for a while now, but um, that's where it's just, you know, the most exciting thing to watch right now because every time you tune into a contest, someone's landing something that has never been done. So, um, yeah, I think that, you know, stuff like that always needs more uh, visibility. Mm, yeah, I totally agree. The progression has been insane in, in the ski and snowboard world lately. And just seeing uh, like Anna Gosser and Lori Bluen and like all these riders just landing doubles and, and Anna landing triples. It's like, like it was only five years ago that I retired from snowboarding and no one was even doing really doubles. Like it's crazy. Yeah, I know. I don't know what's in the water there, but all this stuff just became the most exciting thing ever. I just am like, I get so fired up watching like women's big air. So much fun. Yeah. It's, as well, too, like, I, it, I still can't fathom a lot of the tricks, but on the girls, it's like, I can kind of be like, whoa, that is so sick, versus the guys are just spinning and flipping so much. And I'm like, there's no way I could ever <laughs> comprehend doing this, much, obviously. But yeah, it's just like a different, um, different thing, but it's so, so much fun to watch. Yeah. Well, that, that's a, that's a good point that I've heard a lot. I think I heard a lot of it when I was even competing that, that w- like women snowboarding and skiing is really cool to watch because the people watching can maybe relate a little bit more to the tricks and things that are being done versus when you see just things that you're like, I have no idea what just happened there. Especially, I'm just like, oh my god, they're spinning so fast. I don't even know how many rotations that is. At that <laughs> yeah, it's it's gotten to uh, like a level of insanity, <laughs> honestly. I know, it's crazy. So, like, what motivates you, and what like drives you, and and basically, like, what do you love so much about working with athletes specifically? So, I'm just motivated by athletes as you said um I'm like a huge sports fan and I feel like that kind of came through my life in different ways I started off um started off growing up in Vancouver was in the outdoors a lot kind of had my love for the outdoors then the Olympics came in 2010 Mm. and then the Canucks which is our NHL team went to the finals and there was like always I was downtown in high school just like on the streets like soaking up this whole energy with everyone else and we were just crowding the streets craziness going on um and that kind of like feel like fostered my like early love for like sport and those moments that bring us all together and how we all kind of see ourselves in these athletes performing at the highest level and when I watch sport and I see someone do something crazy clutch like hit a game-winning three I'm like I can relate that to my own life like when yeah. I'm under pressure and you nail it it's like the most amazing feeling so I'm like 
huge, huge, huge sports fan. And um, when I started off loving skiing, I realized, oh, I can go out with an athlete and I can work together with them and create something. I can have an idea. They kind of do their thing. We like show the photo back and forth. They say, okay, I think I need to do this more or, blah, 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 or what should I do here? And then at the end of the day, we have something that we've come up with together and that we've created and thought up in our heads. And that has just always been something that's so, so, so much fun um, for me to do. So like started off with skiing and then it's moved into other sports, but I'm always kind of just trying to keep that in mind of like, what can I create with this person who's so inspirational, who works so hard and puts everything into their sport, just like I put everything into my photography. Um, and how can we create something cool that someone else is going to see and be like, wow, that really inspires me to go for a run or go, you know, like do whatever I want to do, go outside, whatever. Um, but yeah, that whole just process is something I've really, really enjoyed. And that's kind of why, like, you know, I obviously did the foray into weddings when I was like in my early twenties, just like everyone else. You're like, Oh, I'm a photographer. Like I'll try <laughs> these other avenues of photography. But none of that obviously just really resonates with me because I'm just so deeply rooted in that kind of collaboration. Mm, yeah, I think that's so cool. And that's that's a reason why, like, I just think having conversations with athletes and, and for example, my podcast, I would say like for the listener, you don't have to be an athlete to, to get something from it. And in fact, I think we have a lot of viewers who might not be athletes, but the reason that I focus so much on having people in the sports space or athletes on the podcast is because I find that, like you said, like relating to that game winning three is you can relate to that in your life, but that gives you like a really tangible representation of a way that you can relate that back to your life. Like athletes, everything they do, like they have to be all in, they have to be working on high performance in their mind and their body nonstop to be where they are, which isn't necessarily the case for people in, in other industries per se, or not industries, I would say, but, um, I would say just an everyday life per se. And I hope that it becomes more uh, prevalent in everyday life. But I think having these athlete stories, it's so easy to like relate these, these physical things that they're doing into like, okay, like this is how I can level up my life or this motivates me in any aspect of my life. Um, it just, it's easy relations and, and easy um, contrast there between their stories and high performance and everyday living. I totally agree because I just think the mentality of working really, really, really hard and kind of getting yourself to that point and practicing as much as you need to be so that when you're in that situation, you're ready. I think that like relates to so, so much. And I think with the rise of social media and everything, like we have an access to see like how hard LeBron works in the off season. I like watch his stories and I'm like, he's in the gym all access to see how they're like living their lives and it's like that's the reason he's the best best there's no secret behind it he's mm -hmm. putting in the work and see the top tier guys they're the ones who have these crazy schedules where you know other people may not want to put in that kind of effort but I definitely relate that to my own life when I'm like trying to learn a new skill and my creativity of like you know I really need to put everything into this project I'm working on and I just it it parallels so well. And I think that's why, honestly, we're all so obsessed with sports. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. And that's why I think, you know, I, I saw a post, I think at the start of the pandemic where someone said, you know, this pandemic has shown us that we don't really need athletes and this and this. And I was like, wait a second. Like, I think that's just so off base. Like as we saw that we even, you know, the, the sports spent all this money on making a bubble and doing all these things to have sports going, we saw more than ever that we needed that inspiration. We needed those parallels that we could relate our own lives to with these stories of these athletes and the success and the highs and the lows. And so I think more than ever, we've seen how important sports are. I totally agree. I remember I saw like some of that stuff as well. People yeah. being like, I was like, what is this? not my sports I know I was so happy when all came back at once and I was just like 
now I just have my whole day planned. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> yeah. Like I, you know what? I actually found myself watching more sports this year than I did before. And I mean, some of that is like, maybe I would be busy actually, you know, like out there doing sports and things when there's not a lockdown, but I just found myself getting so like wrapped up with like the Raptors and the bubble and what's going on in the bubble and all these things. And, um, that it was, it was really helpful during this time. And I think it was the same for a lot of people. Yeah, and I think maybe the athletes themselves, I think maybe that was a reality check as well for them. Mm. Like they were like, oh, like this is taken away from me, you know, like, and that kind of gave them the extra care. Because yeah, I thought the level of play that I was watching was like so good, at least with the NBA bubble. Every game was insane. So I think good. they were, you know, like you have like a break for that long and just really resets like what you love about the sport. And I felt that way with the pandemic of like, I couldn't collaborate with athletes anymore and work on projects. There was that time in the spring where that just wasn't an option. So I had different ways that I was kind of adapting to that. But once I was back shooting, I was like, I'm never taking this for granted again. I'm so lucky to be able to do what I love. And I, you know, kind of want to put everything into it. When I meet up with an athlete to shoot something, I don't want to just say like, oh, we'll just see what happens. Like, it'll be fun. I want to actually like, come in there prepared and have something that I really want to do and just kind of approach it differently. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big one this year is like not to take anything for granted because, you know, it's so easy to realize the things that we have to sacrifice, you know, for the benefit of people's health and all these things. Um, but yeah, you really realize like what's at the core of like, what do you truly love and what do you like doing? And what are those things that you don't? Cause you're seeing a lot of people who, despite, you know, financial distress and things they are quitting the jobs that they hate and becoming entrepreneurs in the midst of a pandemic. And it's cool to see that, uh, that people are taking those risks and really using this as a wake-up call, I think, in many ways. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with that as well. Um, and I, I'm really stoked that people are doing that. I think now is the best, just so much disruption. So you may as well just be one of those people who are contributing to these times. And because there are all these shifts going on, there's so many new opportunities for people to make an income that didn't exist before. And I think, there's obviously people that are kind of scared of that, but um, it's just all about changing your mindset into a positive of like all these new things available now and the ways that we were kind of used to may not work anymore, but that just might give a lot of new people a platform to do what they want to do. And that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like we've been saying, like the parallels between sport and like the athlete mindset to how you can work on your own mindset and things in everyday life. It's just, it's so strong. And so with that in mind, so this next question is brought to you by All In's presenting sponsor, Restoic. And Restoic is a mental training uh, app for athletes designed to teach athletes how to train their mind. And they also have a coaching service that connects athletes everywhere with licensed mental performance coaches, which is something I wish I had more access to, uh, especially when I was young and coming up in sport and sports psychology wasn't even you know like a huge thing like it is now so I know like you love this this mindset and uh, we've been talking about it a lot and so the question that we have uh, prepared for you their sponsored question is that you've worked with a lot of athletes across so many different sports what is a common trait that you've noticed in the mindset of athletes versus just the general population Ooh, that's a really interesting question I would say, I mean, again, it's going back to what we've been talking about, but just that extra gear. Um, a lot of the times, like, we'll be working on something. Great. The shot is great. And they're, like, dripping with sweat, and they're, like, exhausted. And they're, like, no, 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 I want to do it one more time. And I'm just, like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say no. But, you know, they just have that extra gear where they're, like, always looking to kind of, um, for the next thing and like to do it what they're trying to do at the top top level and sometimes it's things that I wouldn't even notice but they just mm. know what they're passionate about so so and they just want to portray themselves in the best possible way and portray their sport in the best possible way um that they'll just go for it ever <laughs> like sometimes yeah. I have to be like okay we're like I think we're good my drone battery is gonna die or whatever like <laughs> we got it it's good but yeah that extra gear is, is amazing once you find it it's, I think it just comes down to like that thing that you're so so passionate about you'll do anything for it 
Yeah, it's like that hyper fixation and part of it's like mental endurance of like staying on this task and like you're going to not stop until you've done it perfectly and you're not checking out and just going through the motions. You're like, no, you're you're in it, even if it's two hours in, three hours in, you're 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 there and you're you're working for that outcome. And it's like, you know, you the people who are shooting baskets for hours and there's some people who shoot baskets for hours just because they're bored and it's just like, oh, let's see if it goes in. There's people who every single shot is intentional. And there's a massive difference between what that gets you, which is it kind of breaks the rules of like that 10,000 hour rule where it's like you put 10,000 hours in, you're going to be an expert. If you put 10,000 mindless hours into something, that's not necessarily going to make you an expert. Most people have put 10,000 hour, mindless hours into sitting in front of the laptop or watching Netflix or sleeping. Doesn't make them a Netflix critic or a sleep expert or a typing pro. Um, but when you do things with intention, um, that's just a game changer. And that really, I think helps you avoid burnout as well, which is always a risk when you're so invested in what you're doing and we've all experienced it. But if you're doing it really, really intentionally and you have everything that you're setting out is leading you to that next thing and as a purpose, that will kind of help you avoid just being like, okay, I'm so invested in this. I need to take a break. I don't like this anymore. I mean, that's like the worst situation. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, yeah, if you're being intentional about it and not just trying to work yourself super hard just to kind of think that that's going to get you where you want to go and you're not actually planning out what you need to be doing when you work hard. um, yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Is there a difference that you see between like action sports where you kind of your roots are from to more of the traditional sports, which is where you're headed and the people you're working with now when it comes to both their approach to mindset as well as their approach to training in general? Um, honestly, a lot of parallels. I think like I haven't noticed anything specific. I think like action sports was a good training ground for me to like work with athletes and kind of learn how that, um, goes when you're on set with an athlete. Cause I know from action sports, how important it is that the trick doesn't look stupid, that you're not capturing mm-hmm. it at the wrong time. Don't actually. Attendee grab. Like- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like. I think action sports is so hyper-focused on elements of that, um, that that kind of like taught me well in other sports. And then I'm like, when I'm shooting a sport, obviously I'm not going to be like an expert at literally every sport under the sun. So that kind of gives me the confidence to be like, Hey, I don't know this sport as well as you let me know, like what needs to be done here. If there's an issue or whatever, because I know how important that is to the athlete. So just stuff like that. I think action sports has helped me transfer over, but that being said like I think there are a lot of similarities in that kind of thing and as well another thing as well that they I think is important that you do know the sport a little bit and that you're just not some person that's just like you know like oh no man just do this like yeah I think it'll look cool and they're what are you doing <laughs> so I think sports like on the media side and on the writer side everyone is such a stickler for doing things perfectly um that that set me up really really well Mm, yeah that's actually that's so true because i there's like grabs that are just like looked bad on so you don't want to get a picture of someone like accidentally doing that grab so you got to keep redoing and redoing and and going back back to the same shot and same for the athlete like redoing to make it perfect and um same thing like you know i've worked with photographers who had no idea about snowboarding you see this shot in a, in a like a newspaper and you're like what what is this this is horrible it's like as if someone is jumping onto a rail you're like no one wants this image it's just the wrong time timing and same thing with for example like crossfit or weightlifting you get someone who's never shot that and they come into the gym and they they haven't done the research on it and you see like they get a picture of you like as the bar is like it's just a weird timing where it's like and then if you've made a mistake as the athlete like you did a early arm pull in your lift or something you're like no you can't you can, we can't use that photo for anything it makes me look really really bad right and so it's just so interesting how every sport has those nuances that everyone really has to be on the same page exactly and that's what's funny is every sport has that and you obviously there's just so many different things you could be shooting so maybe you're not an expert at that sport but then ask and it's okay to be like hey just guide me through this because at the end of the day you're working with an athlete who wants to be portrayed um, at their best and they're doing their best for you 
So by doing it at the wrong time, you're just you're not doing your end of the deal. That's exactly yeah, yeah. Because they're doing the movement, and yeah, your job is kind of the timing and and the, the right shot. Yeah, totally. And so, like that being said, for any athletes watching or anyone who's into like trying to create more content, do you have any tips around like photos and videos of how people can just create better content, even if it's just an athlete trying to do this on their own? Um, yeah, there's so many different things. I would say, first of all, like, just don't be afraid to just shoot a lot. That's how everyone progresses. And it's been really cool to see a lot of athlete friends of mine retire and pick up photography and video after sport. Um, because it is like, there's just so many parallels. So just like pick up camera, shoot everything. You'll progress really fast by doing that. Like, don't be afraid of like, oh, my content won't be good enough. Like, by shooting more and more and more, your content will just naturally get better and better and better. You'll de- develop an eye. Like you don't even need to watch YouTube videos, but definitely watch YouTube videos. Cause <laughs> if you like have any question about anything, you can just quickly find like a five minute tutorial on how to do it. Um, but then as well, like just, I would say like personally keeping like up to date with like technology and stuff like that. I don't know how many people I've told like drones are crazy. Like, if you're a skier, you can do auto follows where you know the drones are mm. tracking you, so you don't even like need you shoot stuff on your own. I mean, there's so many different ways right now where you don't even yeah. need like a filmer or photographer. Yeah, and I think that's key for so, athletes. Yeah, especially the underrepresented ones. Have, yeah, you're yeah. not always going to have like someone with you. Um, but if you're always out there doing that, and I feel like from a photographer's point of view, you see that athlete is super invested in creating content and is maybe interested in photography and video. That's like always really fun for me to work with those athletes because they're so much more involved with the shot. Mm-hmm. They like, they definitely want to always like do it again because they're like really, really working with you. They're like really invested in creating something. Right. It's a, it is such a collaboration. Like you're both working hard to create this piece of art together and their ways they're expressing it through movement. You're expressing it through the way that you're capturing this and moving around them to get the right angles and the lighting and all these things. And together you're creating something. I think it's just such a cool opportunity right now with like the platforms that everyone has um, to constantly be putting that stuff out. So um, I feel like just start and see where you end up with like an interest in this stuff because it's pretty addicting. Um, but then, yeah, you have like a way to, um, you have a way to share it with everyone and there's no gatekeeper in the way. So mm-hmm. you can put out what you're doing and have people get inspired from it, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So that being said, like what motivates you to continue? What, what's up, what's happening in your future? What are your goals that you're working towards in 2021 and beyond? Um, so in terms of what is motivating me right now is it's definitely just kind of trying to find those like new areas that I can push into and learn and, um, create something really, really new. And yeah, on that, um, kind of track and moving, more into directing, which I'm really, really excited about and doing a lot more integrated um, work. So integrating photo video into shoot and getting the most that we can get out of something. And that's been super fun because I think it's just like put together all the pieces of the puzzle that I really like to do. Um, I sometimes do athlete interviews for different brands and stuff like that. And by doing athlete profile videos, I can interview the athlete and put something together on their story and then go shoot it. So that's incorporating everything I like to do and all my kind of skill set experience into one thing. So I'm really, really excited to kind of explore more into that and more drone work, hopefully, and just anything that I can do that's unique and different and kind of try and create my voice in a very interesting world right now where there's a lot going on. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that is for sure. All right. So I have a few like last questions I'd like to end things on. And the first one is, do you have a favorite quote or uh, motto that drives you? Ooh, yeah. Um, I actually saw this on my phone the other day and I'm like, this is definitely my favorite quote. Um, it's champions adjust and pressure is a privilege. So Mm. that's like really big for me. I think sometimes you're on like a big shoe and you're scared and 
it's actually just reframing that to pressure is a privilege. You are so lucky to be in that situation. You feel the pressure because you care. That is a huge opportunity for you to create something new and um, kind of break through. So embrace that and don't be scared of nerves. And that's really helped me actually. Mm, yeah, I love both of those. I think, you know, like the champions adjust is amazing because adaptation is the name of the game. That's how, you know, species and, and individuals survive. And especially this year, everything has been about adjusting. And so what is a second question? What is one game changer daily habit? Something you do every single day that's made the biggest difference in your life. Um, I do yoga every morning as soon as I get up. That's been really good. I think, um, a lot of the times I'm like checking email on my phone early in the morning. And especially like if I'm emailing people from Europe or New York, they're so way ahead that sometimes I'm like, waking up looking at my phone and already I'm like thinking about like, oh shit I need to do this and send this email and it's really good to just like give myself half an hour in the morning to just like get ready for the day and kind of plan out what I'm going to do and then be that much more ready for it and that's kind of a quarantine thing that happened because normally I'd be working at coffee shops or being on the go a lot and traveling and now I'm a lot working from home so I just needed a kind of way to reset myself before I stay in front of the computer for most of the day. <laughs> yeah yeah it's so important to do something especially like most people when I ask this question it's, it's usually something that they do in the morning that's that's the, the game changer and I think setting up your day is just so important. Yeah exactly. All right. So this one is, is, uh, it's a hard one or a quick one. Actually lately people have been answering it pretty quickly. So, um, but it's, it's, if you're like a hundred years old and lately I've also been saying 90 years old and I realize I'm cutting people's lives, lives short. So I'm going to say a hundred or 120 years old and uh, you're looking back on your life and you had one word to choose to describe your legacy. What would that one word be? Uh, passionate for sure. Mm, I like it. That's awesome. So how can people find you if they want to see more of your photos um, and just learn more about what you do? Um, so my Instagram is Alana Emily, and they can also go to my website, Um, I kind of try and share behind the scenes and that kind of stuff as much as I can on my Instagram. And then my DMs are always open if people have questions about how to get into photography or getting into sports industry or all that kind of thing. I love to help people out if they reach out. So feel free to reach out. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was great to chat on so many different topics and uh, hope you're going to enjoy the, the holiday season and the start of the new year in uh, Utah where you're at. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. This is awesome. Hey, I think that the greatest gift in life is presence. So thank you so much for gracing me with your presence of tuning in to this episode. Now, something that I would appreciate a ton and would help this podcast keep growing is if you, one, take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your social media so more people can find the podcast and hopefully we can help impact more people. As well as number two is if you can leave a rating and a written review. That means so much. And once again, thank you for being here.